Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dr. Catherine Smart joins us. She is the president of the Canadian Medical Association. Dr. Smart, thank you very much for coming on the program. Our healthcare system is in, well, it's under stress. I don't know if we should add DIS to that and say it's in distress. How do you assess the greatest challenge that is being faced by healthcare and Canadians who, who rely on healthcare today? Well, as you said, we're certainly at a low point, I think, in terms of how the healthcare system is functioning and especially how the people working in the healthcare system are feeling. You know, as we're deep into this fourth wave of COVID, I, I, I can see, you know, so many Canadians are exhausted and tired of this pandemic, which is totally understandable. But I think no one is more tired of it than the people working in our healthcare systems. And we're really at a critical juncture where we need our healthcare systems with proper investments to keep them moving forward and supports put in place for healthcare workers so that they're able to keep doing their job and, and remain in this industry, which is so vital for all Canadians. So uh, we, we've heard a lot about the uh, the stresses that the frontline healthcare workers are under, uh, under, under, and you've just pointed out pointed that out. But there's also concern about numbers of healthcare workers who are saying, "I can't take it anymore." and are either leaving the profession per- permanently or for some period of time. How much of a threat is that? I think it's a very real threat. You know, we already did not have enough healthcare professionals prior to the pandemic. And as you've stated, we're now seeing people choosing to leave the system because they're so burnt out and are experiencing what we term moral injury from what's going on around them that they just don't feel they can keep going. Um, and it's challenging to replace healthcare professionals. You know, it's many years of education, training, and experience. Um, so it, it's not that there's a lot of people, you know, in the wings just just waiting to to join the team. So we absolutely need to address healthcare worker burnout and and make real plans on how to retain people and and make this a job that people want to do. Yeah, and Dr. Smart, the availability of healthcare. I looked at a global news story that came from our Manitoba. Uh, Global News office, uh, and I just want to read this to you. In August 2018, HSC, so that's the health uh, service in uh, in Manitoba in Winnipeg, had had a, a left without being seen rate of 8.7 percent, 8.7 percent, almost 10 percent of those who went to the ER left without being seen. By August of this year, that number had skyrocketed to 24.3 percent meaning nearly one in four patients were presented and were triaged in the emergency room left without seeing a doctor. If that doesn't speak to a critical mass situation, I don't know what does. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I've spent many years myself as an emergency physician at the Children's Hospital in Calgary. And and those patients, people that come to the hospital and leave without being seen, are always of high concern to providers because we, of course, worry they may have a bad outcome because they didn't get the care they needed. 
And I think that reflects how our emergency departments are being totally overwhelmed with patients. Uh, wait times are increasing. We also know emergency departments bear the brunt of overcapacity in hospital because admitted patients remain in the emergency department, which makes them uh, impossible to move people through the system and creates backlogs in eMERGE. Uh, and that in turn creates more burnout in the healthcare professionals who are trying to work in those departments and don't feel they're able to serve patients the way they want to. So what is it? Uh, what is it that's needed? I understand that more money is required, and our healthcare system is 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 growing. Or at least the needs are growing because our population is aging, and so we present more regularly for healthcare. And the pandemic has made it unlikely for some people to receive the care they require, even those who have diseases like cancer that they're living with. So what is it? What's required? The money, yes. Tell us how much and what else is required. That's a great question. And as you can appreciate, there's many layers to what's required. And of course, everything that's not working in the system impacts other areas of the system. So it does create a bit of a domino impact. One of the biggest challenges we have is access to primary care. Um, and that's an issue for people with just day-to-day healthcare issues. And it's an even bigger issue for people with chronic or complex medical issues. If they don't have a regular doctor or primary care provider, they don't have a medical home to have those issues addressed and then in turn often end up in emergency departments trying to have their health care issues addressed, which then leads to the wait times, et cetera, that we were talking about before. So we need to really understand that problem and why we aren't able to recruit and retain enough people in primary care. And some of that comes back to human health resource planning. We know we don't have enough doctors and nurses in this country. But we don't have a clear plan about how many more we need, how to get them, and how to deploy them effectively. So that's the building blocks, of course, is understanding that. Uh, and if we can overhaul that aspect of our system, it's going to have those downstream impacts of, of lightening the load on hospitals. Um, as you said, some of that means funding, more funding for doctors and nurses, more funding for training people, more investments in, in planning and in primary care to keep people working in those jobs. Um, We also need to see more innovation in terms of team-based care. That increases the efficiency of physicians and nurse practitioners when we can work in teams together. Um, So innovation there will also make a difference. And then things in the community like aging in place uh, for some of our elderly citizens, that's another big issue that impacts hospitals when people are in hospital as opposed to being able to be supported in their own home with a home care or having national standards for things like long-term care so that people can age in those facilities that feel safe in doing that. So there's many layers uh, to the system that really need to be addressed. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.